0: STORY NUMBER ONE RULES WRITTEN BY BELLAMASTER What do you think you're doing? Durgin sat stock still studying the human technician they'd hired. She had no idea what it was doing. Durgin was an all transporter. Her mother had been an ore transporter. And with no other female siblings to carry on the tradition, she had stepped up to the task. Back and forth from the fringe planets, in and out of the gravity well farms, up and down the asteroid fields, Durgeon did her best to make her mother proud. She worked for a good business, with decent contracts and acceptable commissions. There was nothing remarkable about her. Durgeon unfolded her six of her thorns, or creepy chest and back arms, as the humans have often said, and tried to imitate the humans' movements. It was using some sort of holographic display to imitate her check and gyro-stabilizing engine. But instead of knocking on the metals used to the test the timber and tone, the human was running her hands on some device over the gears to, uh, feel them? The human smoke without warning. How personable. The second and fourth gear need to be replaced. The metal is good, but the teeth have been stripped a few micromillimeters. The human looked over at them. You've been switching from second to fourth without going through third. Durgin's pilot tensed up and then looked away. She answered for her conflict had never run strong in her line. Yes, we have. The ship seems to respond to it better. The human took off the gloves and closed the access panel to the gyro stabilizer's gearbox. Two more months of that and you'd be corkscrewing through space. I am not going to report you. You seem like the honest type. However, you do need to promise me that you'll replace those gears before leaving the port. Durgin twitched a few times, signifying curiosity. When the human didn't respond, she spoke. Promise? You have to give me your word, declara that you'll do it. Durston didn't understand. Of course I will, why would I not? The human grunted and turned to check the rest of the engines. You'd be surprised at what some people try to get away with. The human, who went by the human name of Daniel, turned off her holographic display and walked around the engine once, turned off two of the idling inflow valves and bled the excess pressure and counted to twenty. She then removed the main inflow and checked the intake. Durgin couldn't help but stare. Pardon my rudeness, technician Daniel, but why do you enact so many small tasks in order to begin one? Daniel shoved her arm inside the intake valve and began feeding around, her face contorting with an effort. Prejects got to follow the rules. Why? The human pulled out a hard chunk of psilocyte. There's your main issue. You had a sedimentary buildup. How long since this thing was last cleaned? She stuck her arm in again. Durgin checked, throwing her mind through her acquired memories. About three generations ago. Jeez. She pulled out another chunk the size of her fist. No wonder it was off kilter. You're supposed to clean it every sixteen orbits. Durgin committed the order to memory, and then asked her question again. Why these rules, though? Why not just do as you are made to do? The human stopped. What are you talking about? Your mind. Is it not made up of the most important memories of your ancestors? No, we don't have generational knowledge retention. That's why we have rules. She pulled out the last piece and began hooking up the gyro stabilizer engine again. The reason I checked the inflow valves is, because 14 years ago, a mechanic named David Anderson checked the intake without turning them off or bleeding off the pressure. His hand ruptured and he suffered an air embolism. Durgin didn't quite follow, but you know of this. Was Technician David your father? Did he impart this knowledge to you upon your birth? Danielle shook her head as she picked up the select tight pieces and placed them into the sack of the harness. No, we learned about him. He's an example of what not to do. She turned on her holographic display and pulled up the extensive list. This is the rule book, and I follow it religiously here, this is my Bible, the difference between life and death.' She pointed to the bulleted points on the list, each taking a single line. Durgin leaned in to see. There were four columns and on one was on a page 460. Durgin pulled back. "'There are so many. Why must you follow all of these? It is too much.' The human shook her head. "'Each one of these rules is in place because blood was shed.' Every measure we take, every time we stop and re-evaluate, it is because someone either died or was injured doing it wrong. She flicked off the display. Our rules are written in blood, and we follow them so nobody else gets hurt. It doesn't always work, but we try. Durgin contemplated this, then watched the human meticulously ran through checks of the engine and finally switched it back on. The gentle rocking of the transport ship immediately gave way to an even keel. Durgin thanked the mothers, then thought to thank the technician. Thank you, Technician Danielle. It feels as though my ship has returned to her old self. I haven't felt her this steady since. Well, since my mother flew her. Not a problem. Now what are you going to do before you leave the port? Replace the second and fourth gear. Right on. Now let's go and check the rest of your ship. Durgin led onwards, her initial doubt about the human allayed. While Durgin only had the collective experience of her mother's before her, this human had the collective experience of her entire race behind her. She was in good hands. End of story number one. Story number two. Pacification written by Sam G789. Species name human. Species subclass mammal, predatory, sapient. Species aggression rating 20 out of 20. Pacification highly advised. The human species is truly a testament to the humor of the universe the most naturally aggressive species ever discovered, and yet they possess enough intelligence to act of their own cruelty as efficiently as possible. Our reports show that they have recently acquired basic spaceflight technology and are in the process of colonizing an uninhabitable planet in their own solar system. However, it is not too late to save the galaxy from this ruthless species. Global pacification is possible and highly recommended. The Council has made its final decision. The global pacification device was the reward of many generations of struggle against the predatory, sapient species of the galaxy which had plagued the prey species of the Council since long as life had granted the stars. The device spawned a massive, impenetrable shield that engulfed the entirety of its target planet. The planet remained habitable, but those who called it home would never leave its bounds. They would be trapped on their planet forever, the stars just out of reach. The pacification of Sol three went as planned. Humanity on the galactic stage would be an example to the budding xenobiologists, attesting to the wild indifference of the universe as its pawn. A century and Sol years had passed since the pacification of humanity, but if you asked the humans, they'd say pacification was the wrong word. Quite the opposite, actually. If anything, the shield lit up the fire underneath the collective tail of humanity. Over a century of construction and almost an entire world's economy went into Project Exodus. Millions of lives too lost in some way or another, but any human you ask would say that it was worth it. Project Exodus was a device powered by a combination of Sol III's core and a massive splitting of unstable atoms. The device itself was about fifty thousand galactic standard units squared, or in human units, eighty miles squared. An unfathomably large device which fired a laser beam so powerful it completely neutralized the global pacification shield, which was previously thought to be impenetrable. Almost instantly after the shield was destroyed, a swarm of human ships exited Sol 3's atmosphere. The first ships to leave were seemingly military ships outfitted with a scaled-down laser similar to the Project Exodus device. The second ships to leave were colony ships. Project Exodus appeared to also include the eventual evacuation of all 9 billion of Earth's residents to different colonies, as the Exodus laser produced enough radiation to make all of Sol 3 uninhabitable for 50 years. With adverse effects, life beginning around 30, it seems that Sol 3 should be completely abandoned by then, however. We managed to get to the human comms earlier this cycle. We asked the humans why. Why would they sacrifice their home planet for a chance to go to the unforgiving unknown? They told us the complacency isn't in their nature. The human naval fleet is estimated to arrive in 10 days. It appears that their definition of pacification is uh, somewhat different than ours. End of story number two.